Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. Today is Tuesday, January 3rd. Coming up, we'll look back on Missouri's biggest political stories from last year. But first, some headlines. Missouri public school teachers are some of the lowest paid in the country. KCUR's Jody Fortino reports some state legislators want to raise that pay in the new year. A state commission studying teacher recruitment and retention recommended raising the minimum teacher salary from $25,000 to at least $38,000. Representative Ingrid Burnett, a Democrat from Kansas City, served as a member of the commission. She said low pay is driving out teachers. It's not hard to understand why teachers might jump over to another state, still live in the state of Missouri, but jump over to teach in another state because they have a a better benefit and salary package. Senator Lauren Arthur, a Democrat from Clay County, has already filed a bill to raise the minimum teacher salary based on the commission's recommendations. More pedestrians died from car crashes in 2022 than they did the previous year, according to data from the Kansas City Police Department. Last year, 23 pedestrians were hit and killed by drivers. Mayor Quentin Lucas says the city is working to change the infrastructure to increase pedestrian safety through its Vision Zero initiative. A disproportionate number of our accidents and fatalities are in East Kansas City. So making sure that I think we're improving infrastructure in ways that we haven't in the past. Through the Vision Zero program, the city is changing roads to add improvements like traffic signal upgrades and speed humps. Kansas City ended last year with around 170 homicides, more than the previous year. But that's not the whole story of gun violence in the city. KCUR's Laura Ziegler explains. Kansas City's gun-related homicide rate often makes the news, but there are exponentially more shootings that do not kill the victims. As of Christmas Day, 536 people had been shot and survived. That's 37 more than Christmas Day last year. The most dramatic jumps were in August and September. In August, shootings increased by more than a third, and September saw a 93% spike in non-fatal shootings, according to data from the Kansas City Police Department. We'll be back after this. You listen to Kansas City Today every day because we're your local, reliable news source. You take us seriously. But now it's time to have some fun. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host Ari Shapiro is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org radioactive. Last year, Missourians voted to legalize recreational marijuana and keep state control over Kansas City's police department. And Republicans solidified their near-complete dominance over the state government. Jason Hancock of the Missouri Independent and Steve Vakrat of NPR's Midwest Newsroom sat down with KCUR's Brian Ellison to talk about what they thought were the biggest stories in Missouri politics in 2022. So election years are always consequential. Uh, Certain things made 2022 especially so for Missouri. Uh, What would each of you say was the top state politics and government story of 2022? Jason, let's start with you. I think my biggest takeaway is just that the Republican dominance of Missouri is is virtually complete. Mm -hmm. This isn't a mystery. It's not a surprise. It's not like uh, we've had 
split government for years. It's been a, a creeping Republican control of the state government for the last generation, but especially this election, well, even though Democrats picked up a couple seats in the Missouri House, they still are in the super minority. Their Senate candidate, despite being a self-funder, was beaten pretty thoroughly by a, a Republican, Eric Schmidt, for the U.S. Senate seat. Um, didn't even run a real campaign for state auditor, which is the only office that Democrats had coming into the election. So you have a party that's out of power completely at the state level and just trying to figure out, you know, what is the next step and how do they get themselves back into relevance? Steve, how about you? What's the big takeaway from 2022? It's hard to argue with what uh, Jason brought up, uh, you know, the Republican dominance in Missouri. And I would just add a little bit to that, which is, you know, Earlier in November, we sent three reporters up into uh, various parts of northern Missouri uh, to just talk with voters. We just kind of wanted to hear, you know, why these places, particularly ones that used to have some Democratic influence, are now so solidly conservative. And a lot of them came back. I mean, the, the reporters came back and said pretty much across the board that these places in rural Missouri, the voters felt like the National Democratic Party uh, was basically rejecting them. They felt like, well, we might be pro-life, but you know, the Democratic Party just doesn't want us under that tent. So it was really interesting to kind of see that. And I would say somewhat related to that, you know, I think the biggest story, uh, one of the biggest stories of the year in Missouri was abortion. Uh, so after the Dobbs decision uh, came down, which basically overturned Roe versus Wade from the Supreme Court, um, you know, Missouri was, you know, Eric Schmidt did that thing where he basically immediately signed some paperwork that uh, put one of the most restrictive laws in the country on the books in Missouri uh, to restrict access to abortion almost entirely. In contrast with what happened in Kansas, where uh, voters uh, went so far as to actually reaffirm the right to abortion in the state of Kansas. Right. So it's it's interesting, you know, these contrasts between Kansas and Missouri, as you pointed out. The other thing, the other contrast I would point out, too, is, you know, the Dobbs effect that we saw, you know, was, was said to have occurred throughout a lot of the country that kind of hurt Republican performance in the midterm elections didn't seem to really have much of an effect in uh, in, in Missouri. The Republicans still still dominated. Uh, that said, there are some rumblings about whether there's going to be an effort to put abortion on the ballot in uh, perhaps the 2024 uh, ballot by uh, petition initiative. Well, speaking of ballot initiatives, one of the really big stories of 2022 were, came about as a result of what voters in Missouri said. Uh, Jason, voters voted to legalize marijuana for recreational use in the state. What did we learn from that process? And what do you think will be the lasting impact of uh, that statewide vote? I mean, I think the biggest thing we learned is that how expensive it is to to get something in the Constitution. You know, I think at the end of the day, it was almost $9 million that the proponents of legalization spent to get that, both the signatures collected and then uh, convincing voters to, to sign off on it. And even with $9 million and a very muted, small, underfunded opposition, it still only got 53% of the vote. So, you know, Republicans have for years complained about how easy the initiative petition process is. And I think in 2023, you're going to see a real push to change that partially because of what Steve was talking about is a, a fear that an abortion initiative petition could get legs and, and start getting its uh, getting some traction to get on the ballot. 
But secondly, you have years of, um, you know, what most would call progressive or democratic issues having success at the ballot after running into resistance from the Republican legislature. Legalization is one, but you can go back to increasing the minimum wage, repealing right to work, expanding Medicaid. It goes on and on. You have these well-funded, well-run initiative petition campaigns that circumvent the legislature. And there's a growing frustration amongst Republicans in Jeff City with that process. And I think you're going to see a, a pretty big push to change that in the in the 2023 session and get something on the ballot for voters in 2024. In contrast to that pattern, though, Steve, uh, statewide voters also approved mandating increased funding for police departments under the control of state boards. <laughs> that means just Kansas City, Missouri's police department. That is an, a part of a much wider ongoing conversation about local control of uh, city services, local services by the state. Uh, what did you take away from that very significant issue, uh, which resulted, of course, in mandating that the city must pay even more for its police department, which it does not control? Right. So I thought, I think it's worth doing a little bit of a history lesson on that. Uh, because Quentin Lucas, the mayor of Kansas City, a couple of years ago, uh, made this push to move some money out of the police budget, move it into a different fund, and basically have to you know force the police department to kind of earn that money and make it clear about how they were going to spend it. Because there's a lot of concern and a lot of questions about what are the police in Kansas City doing with the resources they get? They get a ton of money out of the city's general fund. The crime rate is still really high. Uh, the homicide rate, I think we're headed for like the second highest uh, homicide rate uh, this year. And so crime is still a big problem. Um, so there's questions like, what are, what are the police actually doing? So he tried to do this uh, move and he had buy-in from the supermajority of the city council and then lost uh, in the courts. Uh, there was a judge that – a Jackson County judge basically said, you can't do it the way you did it. But if you do it early in the budgeting process next year, you can do it again. He basically laid out the roadmap for the following year. And then Quentin Lucas and the rest of the city council didn't follow through with that the following year – during the following year's budget cycle. But what did happen is you know, it got the attention of people like Tony Luchtemeyer in uh, – uh, you know, Republican lawmaker, and they pushed this uh, requirement to increase police funding. So it it almost was like, you know, the proverbial cigar that blew up in the mayor's face uh, in a way. And now by bringing attention to this, this is now a, 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 a statewide, this became a statewide issue, uh, arguably to the detriment of Kansas City, which loses even more of the control what little control they already had. Uh, Jason, do you think that uh, there, there has been an effort to to restore local control of the Kansas City Police Department to Kansas City voters for decades now? Do, do you see that gaining any traction at all? Or, uh, or do you see it going the other direction? Do you think the state is going to solidify its hold in the year ahead on, on Kansas City's policing? I think the window's closed on Kansas City local control, at least going through the legislature. You know, about t 10 years ago or so, the St. Louis Police Department was also under state control. Um, there was a ballot initiative put forward. It was funded by interests in St. Louis, specifically a, a big donor named Rex Singfield, got it on the ballot and it passed. Um, Kansas City during that time didn't really want a part of that. There wasn't really a big push locally 
by Kansas City officials to to get local control back. And now, you know, a decade later, the idea of local control has become so um, wedded in Republican uh, minds to the idea of defunding the police, fairly or not. That's how Republicans see it, is if we turn this back over to Kansas City and we let them run it, they're going to defund the police. And so I, I just can't imagine a world in 2023 or, or in the near future where we're, you know, the Republican supermajority entertains that idea. In fact, there's talk of taking local control back from St. Louis for similar reasons. They just don't trust the local governments that are running the police departments and, and, uh, and they trust their own values more. And we should be clear that uh, neither Mayor Quentin Lucas nor any other uh, action of the city council has ever suggested uh, defunding the police uh, in Kansas City. Um, let, let me ask both of you, uh, as we think ahead to, uh, to the 2023 legislative session and the 2023 political year, what are you watching? What do you think will be the big stories that uh, if the three of us gather again a year from now, we'll be talking about as having happened in, uh, in this new year? Well, a little bit of what you know was already mentioned is this idea of trying to restrict uh, the public's ability to get stuff on the on on the ballot, uh, particularly uh, you know with the abortion uh, segment that that I mentioned. And it's really to me, it also gets back to this question or this issue that we kind of opened the conversation with about GOP dominance and you know attitudes about the Democrats in. Uh, in in Missouri, because as Jason pointed out, these things that get passed at the ballot, uh, uh, you know, through through ballot initiatives, are typically what are associated with progressive ideas, but they're divorced from like Republican versus Democrat, and you see that all over the country too. By the way, like Idaho, I think they expanded Medicaid. Right, that's a deeply red state, uh, maybe even more red than 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 Missouri, and so. To me, that's also one of those things where the Democrats probably have to rethink, you know, how toxic their brand is in places, uh, you know, in rural Missouri where they're sustaining just these huge losses that make it impossible for them to overcome the low turnout that they get in places where they are favored, like Kansas City and St. Louis. Jason Hancock, what about you? What do you think? I agree with Steve that that's going to be a huge issue. Um, you know, another one that I'll be watching and, you know, I think is going to be a, yet again a divisive issue in the 2023 session is uh, sports wagering and, you know, just the gambling issue in general. There's been some more momentum added to this issue because Kansas legalized it. And so you have people on the western side of the state traveling across the state line to place bets on games. You have advertisements here in mid-Missouri where I live. Um, come to Kansas where you can bet on sports. It's, it's becoming a tourist attraction. Um, Missouri lawmakers see this and, you know, have been trying for a number of years now with buy-in from casinos and the sports franchises in Missouri to legalize sports betting. The problem is every single time it gets wrapped up in the issue of these video lottery terminals, these VLTs, these little slot machines you see in gas stations and, you know, veterans halls um, that right now exist in sort of a gray area where you have Law enforcement saying they're illegal, um, yet very few prosecutions, and the companies themselves say that they're not even gambling. These things get wrapped up every year, and every year they sort of end up sort of a murder-suicide where both of them die. Um, there doesn't seem to be much that's changed on that other than the sports wagering side is pointing to Kansas and all the revenue that they're capturing and saying, that could be us. You know, I think we're surrounded on at least three sides by legal sports betting here in Missouri. 
Um, so I think you're going to hear a lot about that. Now, whether they can get it done or not remains to be seen, but it's going to be an issue that's going to get uh, a lot of debate in 2023. That was KCUR's Brian Ellison speaking with Steve Vokrod of the Midwest Newsroom and Jason Hancock of the Missouri Independent. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin, Byron Love, and KCUR Studios. It's edited by C.J. Janovey, Lisa Rodriguez, and Gabe Rosenberg. For more coverage of Missouri politics, visit kcur.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Tomorrow, we'll review the biggest education stories of 2022. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.